Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. From the land of sky blue waters, welcome to the Soda Pod. You should join me here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. What's up, man? What's up is we're sitting here watching the ugliest fucking jersey in the NHL going against the Dallas Stars. It's exciting. Wait, you're not watching golf? Why would I do that? I'm just asking because like my house is full right now with people watching golf and I hear oohs and ahs and oh what a shot from upstairs. So I was just I was just curious. I was just curious. Sounds like you need to find a better place to live. <laughs> yeah, golf is it's not really my thing as well. I have a Masters is cool and like don't get me wrong, like it can be okay on Sundays when it's like a really like tight matchup between like whether it's like two big names or like maybe there's like a total underdog versus a big name, like that's exciting. And I can understand like kind of casually watching it, but I can't imagine like having a, a party to get together and do a whole thing unless it's maybe the masters. Yeah. Unless, uh, I mean, John Daly is just like the, the goat of golf. So if he's involved in a charity event or some sort of like fun event there, uh, these days I'm watching, but, uh, <laughs> that's about it so you watch me. the shitty tournaments nice i just i just watched for john daly and his and his antics and his interviews on tv prior and after because he's just an absolute legend. he is a very interesting very interesting um but man summer is pretty much upon us here in minnesota it's so nice like i i'm wearing a hoodie right now just because like where i record is in the basement but like i went up every time i walk upstairs i'm like why am i wearing a hoodie it is it, uh, summer has arrived and it is beautiful it's cute that you think this is summer it's going to get so much more hot and humid and you're going to can't wait. It. I can't wait. I love it. I, I, my bloodline is from the desert. So like, bring it on the more heat, the better, the less clothes. The I, desert I, of I, Seattle. I, that's one side. <laughs> okay. Well, you can't say it like your bloodline is just like linear. There's just one bloodline. Okay, you have. okay. There's clearly a dominant gene. All right. Let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I love, I love the hot. I love the humid. I love the sun. You know, like a hundred plus degrees. You Let's love the humid. Oh yeah. You're the more I can sweat, the color. better. Let's go, baby. I'm I'm totally get that I'm like on an island with how much I hate being hot, but like to enjoy humidity is disgusting to me. I you cannot convince me that that makes any sense. I'm, I'm, I enjoy it. I'm not really here to argue. It's I love I I do not complain over heat at all because I feel like all these Canadian I grew up in North I grew up in Northern Canada before Vancouver Island the good old you know the good old. We're days. not talking about heat. We're talking about humidity. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying. I grew up in Northern Canada, so whenever summer comes, like there's for me how I was raised, it's just like ingrained in me. It's like if anyone complains about heat, like just don't even talk to me. So yes, there's those on the island who right, this who, wait, wait, who don't who don't who don't experience like the the cold, and then summer comes and they're just so bitchy and complaining about oh it's humid, it's hot. It's where it's like you don't even know, okay? Like you don't even know. Like enjoy it, and and what enjoy don't I know? the seasons Tell me what for what I don't they know. What's that? Tell me you what don't I don't know. know. Well, you know, because you know how cold it is in in Minnesota. That I, I don't, right, I don't like I don't when people it. complain about how hot it or how hot it is in the summer when like 
you're kind of a, an odd one out there because you don't complain about the cold. <laughs> So, so you're I in the right if it, I complain if the weather stops me from driving. That's the only time I complain in the winter. No, and so so you're kind of outside of this group. But I hate when people just complain at every season. Oh, it's 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 shitty and raining in the spring. Oh, it's it's cold and whatever in the winter. Oh, it's too hot in the summer. It's just hey like now, hey now the like three to six weeks of fall, no one can complain. No, that's peak. Which I wish yeah. I wish we could have like three months of that. Which sometimes it kind of stretches, but no, it's really not. It, I mean, it's shoot, man. It was still pretty nice, like for two weeks when I arrived in late October. So that's you know, it was stretching out there. So that was yeah. good. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> let's get into some hockey talk here. Let's start with the. Well, there's not much going on with the Minnesota Wild. I mean, I, I honestly I sifted through news article after news article. I I, I was on Russo's you know uh, Twitter. And look, everyone's kind of doing their off-season content for the Wild. Who's the the best Wild player of all time? Retweet, like, you know, share, comment, whatever. All these kind of things. Me, on the other hand, I'm uh, I'm opening up old wounds. Yeah, all you, right, you prefer chaos and actual like physical pain being inflicted on people. Well, and look, I didn't go out of my way to do this. So for those I of you who don't know, I, I I saw I saw some graphic, some uh, some tweet out there comparing um, Robertson to Kaprizov, right? And it was a little, you know, it was a little dig saying that, yeah, true Calder winner Kaprizov. I mean, look at these stats. Look at these stats. There's something, something to that regard. I, you know, retweeted it um, honestly, kind of mindlessly, just uh, just going off a little heel talking about how it's an absolute disgrace that uh, Robertson was robbed of uh, the Calder, uh, the Calder Award, the Rookie of the Year Award. And boy, did I get ratioed. And thank you, Brett, for pointing it out uh, to me multiple times. Uh, people were not happy about about that so i just want to say folks like sometimes it may seem like i'm an idiot sometimes i may come across as an idiot this particular one i know where you guys are coming from but if you continue to throw fuel on the fire i'm i'm stubborn it, it was friday i was waiting to start streaming i had nothing better to do so i was i was gonna go full heel and i was going to lean into it which i did and i still to this day will die on the sword in regards to one point that i believe is always or at least in recent years anyways, has been overlooked when it came to the the Calder Award. And, and that is experience. So where my argument, which I ramped up to like a, times 100, as everyone can see on Twitter, my argument, my main argument, my main point that I think is overlooked by everyone and the National Hockey League is experience when it comes to deciding who should win the Calder Trophy. Kirill Kaprizov was, a, was pretty much a free agent at that point, okay? He was already a superstar in Russia. Four years or five years pro, four years where he actually dominated over there. And I said, like, superstardom, unbelievable numbers, comes over and we knew he was going to be good. The expectation league wide was this guy was going to come in and dominate. Like, there was not even talks to compare him to that Shipashev guy in Vegas. And I would say more so than not these days, the good star Russian players coming over. I mean, look at, uh, look at the, the, actually, how many other, I, I gave some examples on Twitter, but I'll give you a second here to gather your thoughts, Isha, because I'm scrolling to go and find the post you made. And literally your most recent post is I am now a golf fan with hard eyes. Um, Explain yourself after the rant you went on to start this. I don't even know why, to be honest. Nice. Yeah. Something happened that was that entertained me. If, um, if, no, one, if no one can tell, 
this is what you can expect from Anisha. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look at Vancouver. Kuzmenko comes over, absolutely dominates. You know, it, it, we see less ship of ship. Absolutely anyway. dominated. He absolutely dominated. Um, so he had more points than Kaprizov and Panarin did. No, no, no. Like oh, so so he didn't absolutely dominate. Okay, he 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 dominated without the adverb. <laughs> but anyways um it just to me it's just like yeah kaprizov had the better season and kaprizov i think is the better player overall that's never what the conversation was about because people start being like, making it seem like i just hated on kaprizov and i and i would write like this this is not about hating on kaprizov this is this is about me getting it through everyone's head that my point is a valid point and it's being overlooked by everyone because you all are biased you all being love kaprizov and i get the it the way you phrase it yeah, that, that like I said, it was going a little heel on Twitter. That's why here on the podcast, I'm I'm explaining myself a little bit. The fact that Robertson came out a junior, late round picked, one year pro at the AHL, which the AHL is a good league. It's the third best league. It's not the second best league, which is where Kaprizov played in. Okay, and I think that should have been taken into account a little bit more. I think uh, put it this way: I keep saying robbed on Twitter. I want to be the perfectly honest like he wasn't robbed that's me digging in that's me going heel but i do think 99 votes to one is absolutely ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and there's the adverb again well first off that comment is absolutely ridiculous because if you just admitted kaprizov had the better season why is it ridiculous that 99 out of the 100 would agree that he had the best season because i don't think they're even taking into account what I think should be a big point in the, it, the experience. It's not. That's what you're failing to understand. It is not. I, I understand. I think they should. Uh, I'm, I'm lobbying for it to change. Sure. That's fine. But you can't lobby that people are voting wrong because they're voting based on the criteria put before them. And yeah. you, you said Jason Robertson is a, a late draft pick. Tell me, what's the cutoff for a late draft pick? Well, I mean, what was he? Second rounder? <laughs> Yeah. Later draft pick. Early. Early. <laughs> Wasn't a first rounder, okay? <laughs> he was he was the eighth pick in the second round. That's not a late pick. Yeah, yeah. Kaprizov was actually a late pick. Yeah. Oh. But uh again, well, expectations. we don't want to talk about that. No, well, he didn't come in, you know, two years later. You know what I mean? So you've you've admitted that he was the better player that year. Dude, I I admitted off the bat that like as biased as everyone is they're 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 correct and i and i leaning in hard to no no no. you all are wrong this was a robbery because i want people to engage and i want people to see that you're overlooking a key point that should be in the criteria moving forward should be but is not and i agree like it should be viewed differently but it isn't so to say that jason robertson got robbed is just kind of ridiculous when he did not have the better season as a rookie well and And for me it i would be more inclined to take your side more if precedent hadn't already been set if artemi panarin hadn't done the exact same thing and won it just like people that sit there and bitch to high hell about stone and about kucherov getting the ltir rule and being able to be banked for playoffs when patrick kane did it in 2015 and no one gave a shit like, I, I don't understand why people are so tunnel visioned in all these things. And as soon as it pisses you off because a quote unquote super team is doing something, you're going to now decide that something's a problem. 
Look, the, the only thing I'll, I'll push back on there is I don't think there's been an example recently that, that I can think of anyways. And no one in their argument to me on Twitter, by the way, Sean, love you. And again, Sean's he is always right. He knows this. Um, his example wasn't a good one. We called him out on it. Brett didn't even give me an example. He folded. He folded. Didn't even want to give me an example. I don't think there's been an example that's been as close to these guys in the situation that these guys were in. Because Panarin and McDavid... As much as I understand that's the closest one, McDavid played half a season. If he even played 10 more games, 100% you had to give it to McDavid, and I would, you know, I'd 100% be on that train. But because of the lack of play, like, I, it, it just, it's different because Caprizo and Robertson essentially played the uh, full seasons, right? But we're talking about different things now. We're, are we talking about the criteria for the award, or are we talking about how close the comparison was between the players? Because I, I don't understand... Like Artemi Panarin, I don't care if McDavid didn't play more than half a season. Artemi Panarin is still, in your eyes, not a rookie, and he won it. No, I, I, you're right. You're right. And he came in at what twenty five? Panarin? Or tw- yeah, twenty four. Twenty four at most, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's. I just but don't like it. I just, I just, I just don't like. And 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 again, me and again. I concede to the fact that it's within the rule set, whatever. It just really bothers me clearly, or else I would just kind of well, no, and, and let it I'm go. With you on that front, I think that it should be viewed differently. But then it gets into weird gray areas, right? Like how many guys? Like look at who's Nadinov. He's playing in the KHL. How many years of KHL experience warrants whether or not you're a rookie? How yeah. do we evaluate the AHL where? a lot of players go to start their career before they actually have their rookie year in the NHL. That's professional hockey. Shit. You could argue that the CHL is professional hockey. They aren't amateurs anymore. They can't go play college hockey. So like, where do we draw the line? Cause I agree with you. Like Kaprizov dominated in Russia, tore it up, came over, cakewalked his way to winning the Calder. I think that it's a bummer that like a true like non-professional rookie can't win it, but I don't know why you write those rules where you don't then take away half the pool. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm just being loud about it because it's something that like, obviously we're in the wild market here. Wild fans. They're not going to question it because shit, our boy won. And I get it. Our superstar won more, more like it. Right. But uh, I mean, the wild, the, a Minnesota team won something. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I don't, I, if anything, I respect every single one of you going fucking ham and your replies back at me because the passion is there and I love it. Um, but like <laughs> about like what, two hours into all this mess, like it should have been apparent that like, I, I'm replying to every single one of you in my, like, argue, like my, my point, my replies are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And I'm, you know, the kiss emojis coming out a little bit more. Calling, it, calling it was clear. Me, I was sir. just, uh, I was just trolling. <laughs> towards the end anyways but no it is something that like i think needs to maybe be reworked in in the future for sure so i'm asking you how would you rework it we can move on i just i'm asking you how do you draw the line with all of those extenuating circumstances i just laid out three-year pro um in any of like the big (laughs) no you said it wrong (laughs) what three-year super league three-year super league I was like, wait, what the fuck did I say? No, three, three year pro and and like three year pro in in the big leagues. So let's say KHL, AHL, Liga, and SHL. 
if you're playing in fucking Italy and you somehow make your way over and you just, you know, become a star, then props to you. I don't care how fucking old you are at that point because you played in Italy. <laughs> so you're telling me that a kid that gets drafted out of the SHL, plays there two more years for development, and comes over to the NHL should not be eligible. Three, for let's say three full year. seasons. None of those like, oh, That's you got eight games, season. eight games up and down. Let's say like, um, oh, right, but there's guys that do that. Yeah. I'm just saying that's why this is like so hard to define. It's just, I don't know that there's a right answer. I agree with your point that it's a bummer that a guy that truly is a professional coming in as an NHL rookie can win the award, but I don't know how you draw a line that makes sense. Like, like I said, personally, I think just three year pro make it easy. Like, um, I mean, there's always going to be back and forth. There's always going to be discussion, but I think that, evens it out a little bit more i guess um because caprice so basically, so basically all of the college hockey players are going to end up being the ones that win it i like it i'm on board with this hey and I, i'm okay with that I mean, i'm okay that, with that, that because that's dude, that's rookie dude, dude, because dude, dude. that actually fits the fucking criteria Isha, if that those are the rules then quinn hughes would have won oh wait, <laughs> yeah, yeah he still would have lost but... hmm. still the best skater in the league today anyways um Fuck off you love sports do you think you know more about sports than all of your friends do you like getting things for free if you're still with me you need better edge in your life legal sports betting in minnesota and a free that's right free 20 dollars sign up bonus no deposit required go to your browser right now type in betteredge.com slash sodapod that's b-e-t-t-o-r edge e-d-g-e dot com slash sodapod s-o-t-a-p-o-d to claim your $20 today There you go, folks. There, there's our there's our wild talk <laughs> for today. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh man. All right. Uh, well, let's get into some NHL news here. And the biggest piece of news, which oh my god, I this is gonna be a fun conversation because uh Hoppy's been loving it on social media. But before we get into that, the Arizona Coyotes will not move, ladies and gentlemen, to Tempe after voters rejected. The proposed new arena now i honestly didn't see this coming i thought that it was going to be voted and like they, that they were going to vote it in and yeah you know and that the, the, the arizona coyotes would live on in obscurity but still live on this caused quite a bit of a a shit show for a small market team that everyone kind of let's let's be honest they're the, the meme of the hockey community what are they now given that <laughs> not only are they scrambling to continue in existence or potentially move, but with their social media admin going absolutely rogue, let's start there, Hoppy, because I know you have been okay. loving this. You've been absolutely loving this. So we're going to start there. Yes. Uh, I honestly, uh, as long as they let this person keep running the account, I am an Arizona Coyote super fan. I love the chaos. I love everything that's happening over there. Uh, I can't 
look away. I've actually uh, like subscribed for notifications whenever they tweet. I am so locked in. It is so goddamn fun. And oh man, I we I I'm gonna get in touch with them. I'm gonna reach out to that account and just say like we need them on the podcast. We need oh yeah, so. It's, it's incredible. They're... I mean, what are, I mean, they've, they've been all over the place. Like first they, they led <laughs> as soon as they got access, which it's funny. Cause like I posted it, a ton of other people did too, but like teamwork online, which is where most like pro and semi-pro uh, you know, individuals that are trying to get like an actual business job with the teams, you find out through teamwork online and they had posted two openings. It was for like a director and for a manager, both of social media. And it's like, well, this is interesting that these are still happening and that they're clearly like off cuff moves. Like the first one was literally a vote like, hey, hey, pack, where do we want the next arena to be? And it's like that is such a like if you're a professional uh, social media admin, that's a that's a big, big move. But this person who supposedly like we I don't know, there, there's rumors. I won't get into them because they're unsubstantiated, but the story is wild that there's someone going rogue on this Arizona coyotes, Twitter account. Um, I don't know. They just keep on fueling the fire. Like they can tell people are getting into it now. Like I weirdly for a team like the Arizona coyotes who against you say small market, but we've got four small market teams playing in the conference finals right now. But for a team that's got a smaller following for sure, they've got their diehards, but it's a smaller following. And this is the kind of thing that I think could get people into the coyotes. Like, really, I do like, that's the kind of stuff that if the team's willing to like take the chip on the shoulder and like be okay with, you know, being a little unprofessional, it's not like it's a huge deal. They're not doing anything wrong, but that's just not how we've come to believe that these accounts are run. They're playing in a college fucking rink right now. So I'm sorry, you you aren't professional. <laughs> you know, you, you, if any team is going to do this, it's you guys right now because you're, you're the odd ones out anyway. So run with well, it. Well, the NHL owners would uh, think otherwise because that's the biggest issue here. Like, they're part of revenue sharing right now. The, yeah. the owners cannot be happy. And it's, it's a rock and a hard place because Gary Bettman, this is his baby. He has fought so hard. And, like, we see it all over. There's so many kids that have come out of Arizona and become NHL players. Like obviously the, the, the big ones being Austin Matthews and for, for us here in Minnesota, Matty Nyes, but Jeff Merrick ran down the list and there's a lot of people that have actually like played hockey in Arizona and grown from it. And you've got the issues of course with Bettman now, is he willing to accept the loss? Like this is something that is a huge blemish on his story and his piece of actually sculpting the nhl he i don't think he's gonna go down this easy i think he's gonna fight tooth and nail until it is impossible until the owners literally demand that it moves um they've already said that they're playing the next season in the same rank they're gonna be in mullet arena um and what's really fun is that brian keller father of clayton keller goes and comments under one of the posts and basically says Keller will not be reporting for training camp. Several other players will follow. This team needs to be relocated. And then subsequently deleted it and went with the, I got hacked. The biggest cop out in 2023 because everyone's getting hacked these days, left, right, and center. So I get it. (laughs) No, I don't though, because first and foremost, if that's your opinion, 
stand by it. I'm guessing the team asked him to say that. Oh, which, 100%. Which is fine, I guess. But to say the account has been recovered is just a crock of shit. Oh, yeah. There is no way we that know Twitter, this. current day Twitter, Elon Musk is not prioritizing getting Brian Keller's Twitter account restored from wait, hackers. Wait, Elon's not a, 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 a Coyotes fan? 24 hours. That does not happen. It could be, it could have been that the Arizona Coyotes account got hacked and they wouldn't have been able to turn that around in 24 hours. No shot in hell did Brian Keller get hacked and recover his account. So now what we got to start thinking is what does that mean? And it's already been said, Clayton Keller has met with the team and he, to this point, has not requested a formal trade or formally requested a trade. That probably makes more sense. Uh, but he has pretty much given them, I don't know what the timeline is, but he basically said, like, I need to know the direction of this team by you know, X date. Like, yeah. I need to know what's going on here because I'm committed here long term. I'm not OK with just being totally in the dark of what's happening here. Are we relocating? Yeah. Are we staying? Are we ever going to have a new rink? Like, these are professionals that don't want to be playing in a college rink. They don't. And I don't think that opposing teams want to be going there to play in that rink either. And again, if it was a patch job until we had this great entertainment district in Tempe, I can understand though. I mean, fans, they prefer to have their garbage dump instead. Um, I don't know. That, that whole thing is ridiculous because you get some of the fans and it sounds like there was a lot of misinformation being spread by the opposers of this going through. Mm -hmm. But still, like, I, I, it makes no sense to me that there's a world where they thought this was a bad idea. I, like, you know what's it, funny? It I, I can, em Hoppy, I can empathize, and I've I've joked about this on past podcasts before. But folks, like, this happened on a smaller level, but on the major junior level in Nanaimo, British Columbia, when I was uh, doing radio stuff there. Uh, shout the old stick and rink podcast while while we were doing radio there um in, within those two years there was a vote to move um oh what the hell were they the kootenai ice which are now the winnipeg ice the kootenai ice was was going to be it was it was a vote away from uh from becoming the the nanaimo ice or whatever you know adding another whl team on the island there's only one right now in the victoria royals and it was kind of the same thing, but it was the kind of the, the older community. Um, you, like no joke, like the 75 plus community that banded together and spread, you know, kind of like misinformation as well saying that like, you know, all of our like retirement money is going to go towards building this, an actual rink because Nanaimo doesn't have like a an actual even like two thousand or no like a three thousand seater. No, and and they they voted against bringing that in. And again, very, very, uh, look, I said very small scale, but like I, I lived through that as well. And it was a very tight vote to bring it in, which really sucked because the people who actually are working hard, paying the tax dollars, we're going to be the ones who actually in the end paid for this thing. And and while this team was was humming and bringing in revenue and, and events to, the, you know, that, that smaller town on the island and, and revenue to the island and helping with, you know, things down the line, you know, these, these people who were uneducated on the matter, you know, band together and voted against it. In Arizona, there are no taxes. That there is no impact to humans, other than there's going to be a new entertainment district bringing new jobs, which is more surprising. I'm I'm just saying it was just, it just sucked to live through that personally as a fan. Dude, your comparison doesn't make any sense either because there is not a 75 plus community in Arizona. 
I'm just saying that I'm was the joking Isha. Okay. Isha. <laughs> that's that's all Arizona is. Well, that and all the retirees uh, from Canada, from Canada. And, you know, say, south. Yeah. Well, then the, <laughs> there you go. You let me get away with that one. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty serious throughout the podcast so far. So like, I'm just like got a weird read on you today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that, but yeah, I, <clears throat> it, it is bizarre though, that, that it, it seemed like a, a tightly sealed and delivered option. Like Russo even said he was down there and everyone was telling him like, yeah, this is a total done deal. Well, that's like, what we said right off the shocked. bat. They were no shocked. one, no one saw this coming even outside, like outside the marketing. But, we kind of, but what's also bizarre though, man, they they didn't really put anything into campaigning on the other side. Like the, the coyotes kind of got lazy on it and it's kind of fucked up when you're literally fighting for your life to stay yeah. in the region and you put very limited dollars into getting people out to vote into communicating the message of what this is going to do, what positive it's going to bring. And that's what let the negative message come yeah. through nope, and twist everybody. And it's, it's kind of embarrassing. If I'm being honest, like at this point, I don't know what the the fix is for them. I don't know if it's that the ownership's the problem. I don't know if it's just that they should have died a long time ago and Gary Bettman kept them afloat too long. But like I personally, I think that there's a place for Arizona to successfully host professional hockey. They have all the other professional sports teams like we just talked about. You've got all the snowbirds that literally either do their winters down there or literally just moved there for retirement that come from hockey markets and our friend Vince, he's one of them. Right. So I, I, it, it blows my mind. Uh, it's pretty bizarre, but there is a silver lining here. Yes. Logan Cooley's running it back. And I am so thrilled. I am sorry to the Arizona fans out there. I, I do not wish this misfortune on you at all. Like I, I genuinely, I think you guys have the coolest jersey in the NHL. I think hockey could work in Arizona. Really good brewery down there in Phoenix. Uh, Ren House, anyone that's wondering. Incredible beer. There's actually uh, a few good ones. Check out, and you can just search it. In, uh, search it. You'll find these Brewery Travels Arizona episode. Awesome. Okay. Ton of great breweries. Whoops, ton of great guests as I chuck my pen across my Yeah, desk. so check that out. No, but th there is a good beer market out there. And again, this was going to work out really well because they Arizona has really grasped and ran with betting on sports they could have done some really cool things with that to make it a whole experience and now i mean we don't know it's not done but the writing seems to be on the wall that they're not long for the state we'll see they basically have this year to figure it out because i don't think that it's going to go past that with the players with the other nhl owners like it's just not gonna fucking work yeah but we're going to stay tuned and keep watching. But again, Logan Cooley coming back for his sophomore year. They are running it fucking back. They are going to try and win a natty here at home in Minnesota this year. And really, when you look at the losses, they lost Maddie Nyes, which is obviously a big piece to lose. They lose Brock Faber and they lose Jackson Lacombe. There's one more that's still sitting out there on the blue line. We'll wait and see what happens there. But everyone else has come back. We got two fifth years that are coming back. Brodzinski and Nelson. We've also got Close, who came and said he is coming back, which, of course, Mankato took their one swing that they're ever able to take. Minnesota finally had a 25-year-old on the squad, which a lot of people are like, oh, the, the Gophers are so old. They got two fifth years. They got a 25-year-old. It's like, 
yeah, the average age is still like well under like 22, 23. And there are teams last year that like the average age was well over 23. And we have two 23 year olds and that's a total one-off because of the COVID years and close being a total anomaly in comparison to what the Gophers usually do. So it's just funny. Like I enjoy that. They think that that's like a gotcha moment, but also <laughs> hey, Kato, let's not fight. Let's be friends because now we all get to turn that hatred for 25 plus over to Wisconsin. New coach. I don't know. Yes. Their, their coach who is one of the best coaches in college hockey left them for Wisconsin. Okay, we, we're going to work on this. This is an off-air discussion. But yes, uh, he went there. So now, Mankato, you can join us all in hating Wisconsin and making fun of them probably going after 25-year-olds. It's beautiful. Um, Dirty right, badges. That, though. I'm just beyond fucking thrilled that Logan Cooley's back. I'm so excited. I oh, might have to get a jersey. Here we go. <laughs> well, there were a bunch of hints towards it, but not confirmed. So now that it's confirmed, and, like, is it is it a weight it, off your it, shoulder now? absolutely yes and he did come out and say like the biggest reason to come back was because he wants to win a national championship but his decision was not made prior to the decision of the the voting down in arizona like he was actually leaning towards going at least that's what he said okay i don't know if he's doing that to appease fans or what it is but he, it sounds like he was leaning towards going pro and God bless the incompetence of that organization. Again, I'm sorry to the fans. I do not wish you any sadness or ill will over what's happening, but I'm very happy that it means I get at least one more year of Logan Cooley. And I don't think it'll be more than that. Why a lot of Minnesota natives are kind of clamoring for more. I think that's greedy and very, very unlikely that he's going to literally punt his ELC three years, essentially, if he wanted to stay all the way through his college experience and then be a free agent yeah it's a lot of money to walk on no for sure and to be clear for people that don't understand how that works you sign your entry-level contract you get three years at a set amount that everyone else gets there's bonuses and stuff like you can make upwards of like two or three million if you do really well but you have to play three years under that entry-level deal and he can either after this season for the gophers sign with them right away and burn the first year and then play two more years or in the proposed scenario that a lot of Minnesota fans are laying out there. Oh, play all the way through your senior year, dominate, go down as a legend for the Gophers. And then you're a free agent. Yeah. That means that the year that he should be getting his first big boy contract is the first year of his ELC. Yeah. So it's not that he's walking away from like entry level money. Like he's walking away, like foregoing a couple years of a million bucks it's that now he's got three more years on top of that before he can make real money. So I don't see any world where he does not sign immediately after this season ends. But if shit really gets turned upside down and Arizona goes full nuclear, that's the only way that I can see him being hesitant on it. But it's kind of a no brainer for him to basically burn the first year of that ELC going right out of the end of the season i won't say how far that might be do you like supporting local local business local hockey local legends 
you like vodka, martinis, screwdrivers, Bloody Marys, white Russians, whatever you can find. I'm more of a vodka fresca guy myself. If you nodded yes to any of those, look no further than Northland Vodka, giving 5% back to local hockey and, of course, the recipe that was masterfully crafted by local legend himself, Mark Parrish. Everyone get out there right now. Support Northland Vodka. Run, don't walk. No, super excited to see him come back for the Gophers indeed. Speaking of contracts, though, let's pivot to uh, to another big... And you'd think that this would be even bigger than the Arizona news, given that it is coming out of the mecca of hockey, the center of the universe. I think it will evolve into bigger news. That is summer. the Toronto Maple Leafs. Speaking of contracts, Hoppy, Kyle Dubas. Not coming back with the Maple Leafs, seemingly. And it's every day it seems to be getting worse and worse or news of it being toxic this season keeps coming out. I mean, I just read an article last night from Yahoo Sports saying that these the Brendan Shanahan and Dubas were at odds at various points of this season, both of them getting in heated arguments over trades that happened didn't happen um that they weren't on that they weren't on the same page this season in particular and that not only not only were the just the meltdown in the second round a factor but it kind of reached a boiling point all season and again that was an article that came out like not even 24 hours ago on Mm -hmm. yahoo sports um and and again, like if you just scroll news, Maple Leafs, like there's there's probably going to be more publications that come out tomorrow with more details, you know, really just milking this story. But uh, first of all, let, let's let's start at the beginning. Do do you think that Kyle Dubis wanted out? Do you think he wanted to stay, or do you think this is Shanahan's doing? I think at the end of the day, it was Shanahan's decision. And yeah, me too. This is from what I've read, from what I've heard. I'm kind of throwing a bunch of things together. But the, the idea here is that like, coming out of the end of the season, every intention was to give Kyle Dubas an extension. And he was asked not to have a press conference, but he said he really wanted to, and Shanahan respected it. And Dubas basically came out and said how much of a burden this season was on him, how hard it was on his family. And like Shanahan and his follow-up presser is like, yeah, like this is stressful on all of our families. It's kind of the the business. Like obviously do what's right for your family, right? But yeah, yeah. that's kind of a big red flag. You got to be honest, right? Like that's concerning. And then like still Shanahan came out of that supposedly. This is all Shanahan sided. We haven't heard from Dubis since. But essentially Shanahan like still – offered him a contract, like wanted him to come back. Like the two of them have built this together largely. And they've been from what you're saying now at odds at times, but largely they've had a similar vision. Yeah. Up until this season from, from what I gathered from that article. So then we have Kyle Dubas basically like ignore him for a day or so. when he like tries to ask what's going on. The agent of Dubas comes back and gives like a counter offer, which details haven't been released, but I don't think it's a matter of money that was a problem. Sounds like there might have been uh, a level to which he expected full control. Like he was basically trying to take decision making from Shanahan and give it to himself. Again, this is totally from Shanahan's viewpoint. And it's reading between the lines a little bit. But basically, Shanahan had a, a change of heart. He's like, I don't know. Between the press conference, between what you're doing here, 
And between your hesitance and then finally, like a day after the agent proposed new terms, Dubis emails him and is like, I want to be back with the team. I want to do this. And Shanahan's like, no, time for a new direction, which I don't know. I know you're obviously thrilled. Um, I'm surprised that there isn't any lube near you, but it's all gone. The real question now is what the fuck happens with their, you know, core four, right? That that's going to be a whole fucking debacle. Um, and for me, selfishly, it does sound like the the Penguins are going to reach out and ask for permission to interview him, which just makes me oh so fucking happy. Well, you know why I'm not smiling as much as I would have been? It's because with everything going on in Arizona, it, it's, uh, it's Matthew's going to Arizona. It's, it's not dude, looking too good. <laughs> yeah, but guess what? You're going to be more thrilled as like the Arizona stuff is going to start getting brushed to the side. Like once the initial shock wears off and it's basically, no, this is what's happening for next season. Done and done. There's a lot that's still going to unfold with the Leafs. They still got to find a GM. Then they got to decide if they're going to replace the coach or not. Then they got to figure out contracts because you should love that Matthews has them by the fucking balls. Explain right because this, this is fucking balls. This, so this is amazing. So Austin Matthews has one year remaining on his existing contract. And I believe it's, fuck, I think it's June 1st. His exclusive like no move clause goes in they cannot trade him without his permission that's a terrifying thing when you don't know if he's going to sign yep especially because of the relationship he had with kyle dubas all the talk going around of how they need to break up this core and find a new way to build he fucking loves nylander and marner like they're boys and for matthews now there's going to be essentially an ultimatum because you cannot if you are the toronto maple leafs you cannot afford to let Austin Matthews walk for nothing. You saw the turmoil when it happened with Johnny Goudreau yep. doing it to the Calgary Flames. We're talking another level or two up for caliber of player. And if you want to compare the psychos that are in Toronto to those in Calgary, it's not even close. This is oh, going to yeah. get blown so out of proportion. And if I'm telling you, he, if they can't extend him in the next week or so here, he might get traded, which I can't even imagine what the return package would be for something like that. Like you're, you are sending everything. Yeah. One of the, this will be one of the biggest trades that, that we, that we'll ever see in modern day NHL anyways. Man, it, it, I'm, I'm very interested to see how it goes down. And it's not even like, like you, who's obviously cheering for pain for all Toronto fans. Always. I'm just like fascinated to sit back and watch how it plays out because Matthews truly has all the power here. They oh yeah. Done. Look, I, I'm giddy on all fronts. I'm giddy as a hockey fan, like from your perspective there, just excited to see how it plays out and everything. And I'm I'm on an added level, it's it's turmoil for the Maple Leafs. So so let's yeah, fucking mean, go. Yeah, added bonus for you for sure. So realistically, let let's just say Isha's day is ruined. You know, by the time this episode comes out, they've signed an extension with Austin Matthews. What's the move? Who's the odd man out? Or do you think that there's a way? that they can bring back all four and say, we're, we're going to try again. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, like, like if you're a Toronto fan, what do you want done? I guess Nylander would, would be the, the, the option. And I don't want that, but I'm saying like, he's kind of the odd man out of him. Cause, cause I mean, John Tavares is not going anywhere, right? That would right. be probably the guy you want to move on from. Just cause that's who everyone everything. wants to move on from, but they can't, but, but you can't, you can't. And, and, and in credit to him, I know I dog on him a lot. And I have since he left the Islanders, He's still a good, he's still a, a fucking awesome player, he played right? played well in the playoffs. No, yeah, he's still a top center in the league. So, like, 
it's it's not the worst problem to have, but Nylander is probably going to be the one that, that has to go because you can get so much value from him still. Yep. Now, um, now it, it's crazy to think that he was in contract disputes when now he when he eventually settled for a deal after sitting out parts of the season, and now he's valued even more than what that contract that he sat out for exponentially more. But incredible. What happens in your mind? And again, uh, put away your hate, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's say this is the Vancouver Canucks in the exact same position. If the Carolina Hurricanes lose to the Florida Panthers in, let's call it, five games, does that change the way people view this? Do they start to pivot and say, holy shit, like maybe Florida is just that goddamn good and this was not a matter of the Leafs being bullied? Um, I don't think it changes anything because... Like I said, we, we've seen this so many times every year with a team or two that are good enough to get in the playoffs and then just run with it no matter who's in their way. And like the Florida Panthers, and again, I know Boston was more injury riddled than than the Leafs throughout the series. Like I get it, but they beat the best team. They beat arguably the second best team. And now they're beating up on arguably the third best team. Mm-hmm. Mind you, winning in two overtime games. So it's like, I don't think that that plays anything into it. I think it's just like, you're just looking at a team that's fucking hot right now. And it's just, but that's it's my a point, factor, Alicia. but I don't think it's the biggest factor. But, I don't but, think but, it, but I, I feel like you thought you were arguing with me there, but you sounded like you agree with me. My point is you can't make rash decisions when they just beat Tampa. They finally got past the first round. Yep. And then to get beaten up by this team that's gotten so hot and is beating up everybody, like that does that change the narrative on like how panicked they are and like we gotta change something bad? I don't think so. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't think um, so. And I'll I'll agree with you, by the way. I uh Z seemed to think Marner. I'm very Nylander only because he has one year left on a really reasonable contract, really easy to move in comparison to a Marner that's, who's making like, thing. like four million more. That's the and, thing. And they got to look at what they've got to pay Nylander after. He might be trying to get up closer to Marner and Matthews. Now, I don't know that he gets that much, but. Fuck, he could be an eight, nine million dollar player pretty easily, if not more. She had Dubis was asking probably for more than what he's gonna get. I mean, justifiably so. Look at those glasses. Dude, uh, and you know what's funny is Dubis was probably asking for less than what they paid Babcock when Babcock came in in the Shannon Plan 1.0. Yeah, and they're still paying that. That's delightful. 10 um, mil. Let's go. So that that leads me to a question though, in in more league-wide, I guess, but obviously we're talking about it here specific to what's going on with the Leafs in your mind, what's the runway for a GM? Like how long do you have to give an NHL GM to decide whether or not they are successful? Or like they, that they're working, that they're working in a, uh, three years, I think okay. minimum. I think just, that's when you can, that's when you can justifiably make years. a decision three years when you can justifiably make a decision three to five, I think is like that. That's because you can't really put a stamp on a team. If you're building it, especially if there's expectations. Now I I understand there's, there's some general managers who are expectation to come in and just like, we need you to like the the core is built. We need you to fill out the rest and win. And there, there's a hundred percent general manager brought in for that reason. If you're brought into quote unquote, retool, rebuild on the fly, new, you know, bring a new fi- uh, a new flavor to the team whatever then yeah three three to five years sure i i don't know that there's a good answer to this to be completely honest but uh, listening to to merrick actually on with uh Wyshynski from espn they were debating it back and forth a little bit and merrick says you know five years is a good runway to figure it out 
Um, I actually lean towards Wyshynski's rationale, and it's got nothing to do with years. He thinks that you get three coaches. Ooh. The coach you inherit, who inevitably will get fired. The coach you hire. And then if that doesn't work, you get one more swing. And if that one doesn't work, you're out, period. But I also think that there's obviously a lot more to it. Like Ron Hextall, I'm sorry. It's it's close to my heart. He needed to be fired as early as he was because it's not a matter of like, oh, let's give time for his vision to come to fruition. He made donkey ass dipshit fucking moves. I think he is an idiot. He set the Penguins back. They should have been a playoff team this year. Do I think they would have won the cup? No, but the fact that they missed the playoffs and literally found a way to get himself out of the cap hell that he built for himself with some of the contracts got out of it and then said, you know what? Two years, 5 million left for Mikhail Granlund. Yup. We're going to pay up and get him. What a fucking idiot. I, I hate him so much and I defended him. I thought like, you know what? He did some good things. Like no one will respect it. Everyone in Philly will tell you he sucks. I thought him and Burke were good yin and yang. I thought it could work. I was so fucking wrong. And I apologize to anyone else that cares about the Penguins for ever even thinking that that could be an okay signing because he has fucking ruined shit. I hate him. Oh my God. But if Dubas doesn't end up with the Penguins, which they're pretty deep in their interview process. So getting him in is going to be tough, especially if he's still second guessing where he's at with his family and his, you know, situation. Let's say he doesn't end up in Pittsburgh, but he does end up somewhere. I have a spot in mind that I would absolutely love, but I want to hear if you have any, because I, I know, already, I, I think I assume what yours is. You already know my answer. Um, Which but- I also think they signed someone. So, but the one thing I, I will say is I, I don't think he goes anywhere else. I don't know. I, really, I, I think he goes think, back to Sault Ste. Marie. I, I think the way uh-huh, this happened, I, though. I, I honestly think he goes back to the O. I he, think said, the way... he said it. He said it. I'm So I'm going off of his word right now. I know it can right. change. Don't get me wrong. But it's different now that he's got something to prove because Toronto decided, no, you're not coming back. He didn't make that decision. <sighs> he wasn't given the opportunity to decide. I think that could change it a little bit, but I you agree. Think, he probably you think he has that ego edge to him? I, re- I would respect that. Don't get me wrong, but do you well, think he's that he's type of guy? Pissed that, like, because right now he's getting dragged hard by Shanahan. Like he's basically coming out and saying, "This is all Dubis is doing." Like I wanted him back, but he's a fucking jackass, so he's not back. No, I mean you've I worked with Shanahan alone, for how many years? You should know him that. Reeling, like I need to be back, and I think I know you want Calgary. I actually saw something earlier. I don't even recall who it was but it sounded like they thought they were going to be announcing early this week. Someone that was not Dubas. Um, man, let, let's add the caveat or not the caveat, the context. Did you hear who tendered their resignation immediately after the Dubas news? No. Jason Spezza. Oh, I, I you know, I did. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. Because so he was where, where assistant, do you think my head is at? He was the Dwight Schrute of the whole situation. Right? He was assistant to the general manager. Yes, but he also like left of his own volition. He's like, no, I know, head. I know. So, um, Isha, where do you think my head is at? I didn't. Okay, never mind. You clearly aren't going to get there. No. Well, because Jason Spezza, boldface, caps lock, is part of this equation, and the fact that they. We're just in the Mecca of hockey Mm. in Ontario. 
Mm, I like I like where this is going, Ontario, and uh, be part of the new look Ottawa Senators. Thank you. That could be incredible. I would love nothing more for the Senators to start just beating up on the Toronto Maple Leafs in two to three years when they build just an absolute banger of a team right like right next door. And the pieces are there. He's got a lot to work with. Oh, yeah. He's literally just got to figure out a goalie, let some of the pieces they already have marinate a little bit, make a couple of tough decisions. Ottawa's going to be good in a couple of years. I still don't think they're there next year, but dude, they are a good fucking team. Okay. And I'm, ad- I'm adding, I'm adding like, this is pie in the sky. This is like, I got to go get some more lube here, but uh, like Matthews walks and signs with them. I don't see a world where he can possibly sign with them. I'm just saying like, that's why I'm just like, that would be, Oh, that would be incredible. But, that would be fucking amazing. So for me, like that for a pure fan perspective, that would be entertaining as shit. Oh yeah, especially if shoot it in my veins. You know Reynolds is gonna find a way to get back in with whatever ownership group goes forward. Yeah, I mean, that or that or I think uh, you know maybe maybe Bieber Reynolds and you know Matthews goes full Lemieux and they just go in and and just buy the fucking Coyotes. Let's go. I don't know if you can do that anymore. I know. I wish though. I was uh, talking to our, our friend Richie about it. I was like, how cool would it be? If like fucking just the Justin Bieber's entertainment group alongside uh, Matthews fucking buy that thing <laughs> alongside Matthews alongside Doan, because that's the one thing that we didn't talk yes. about. In we the even talk about Shane Doan. Yeah, he flat out said like he does not see himself leaving Arizona. Like he is so like that's in love thing. with yeah. the Arizona Coyotes and what they've built in Arizona. He is hockey Arizona. Can toss their jokes, whatever. Like. They had good moments. They really did. They built something there, and you saw it. It's just like any other market. Like, everyone's like, oh, they don't have any fans. No one goes to the games. It's because they fucking suck. Like, period. End of statement. Yeah. When any other team is bad, no one goes. Even Canadian teams, folks. Chicago Blackhawks aren't selling fucking tickets until Bedard gets announced. Dude, the Canucks barely did either a couple years ago. So it's... It's dumb to point at that. Like, it has been an incompetent franchise that has made so many mistakes... They have not been able to build a competitive team for a while. But when they did, when they made it deep in the playoffs, they were sold out. People were fucking losing their minds. Like it's I think it's stupid to point at attendance and shit like that and say that's why it can't work. Like <laughs> fucking give any team a god awful roster and give it for like a five period five year period. It's not going to fucking work. I'm thinking of a certain team in the Eastern Conference Finals right now who had an attendance problem. I don't think they're going to have any problems selling tickets uh, post-cup win. We'll see. The Florida Panthers. It, it will be interesting to see what happens there because that was what happened for Tampa. They won that 0-4 cup. People bought in, were locked and loaded, and they rode the wave moving forward. Like it's been, it's become a little bit of a hockey market down there. Like people love their Tampa Bay Lightning. And we, I, I'm curious to see what happens with Florida because I think for them, they need a new fucking arena. It is in such a bad location. No one wants to go there. If they built a new arena and they got it closer to Miami, I'm not saying it needs to be in Miami, but closer to. Yeah. Dude, that could be a totally different fucking story. But uh, they're, dude, they're reverse retros this year. So beautiful. That alone might be the reason that they're going on this run. That was a brilliant decision. No rats on the ice yet. The, the black rubber rats. I know that there's been issues with well, that in the past. Also in Carolina. So. No, but throughout the entire playoffs sure. thus far, that's what I mean. And, you know, shit, when they, when they, uh, made the, when I mean, that's the last cowardly night? shit though. Like, 
everyone else is bringing in live catfish, live octopus. Like it's got to be or not live, sorry, dead, but like real. I need a dead rat. <laughs> I was gonna say who's bringing in live catfish? <laughs> that would actually be impressive as hell. Shout out to but that yes, beauty. Right. Who, shout out that beauty who drove all the way from Nashville to Pittsburgh and then got arrested. Yeah, right. sneaking what a, in the catfish. That, move. that was amazing. Uh, um, okay, well, yes, we'll, so we we can we can move past all this. I yeah. just like it's really interesting conversation. I want to see chaos, whether it's chaos from like again, this isn't biased chaos, and I know Ishil freak out, but like if the chaos is that the Leafs run it back and dominate next year with exactly what they have when everyone said they had to blow it up, to me that's chaos. If if Dubis and Spezza go over to Ottawa, that's fucking chaos, dude. If they go to Pittsburgh, Ottawa fans will be pissed, or I mean, uh, Toronto fans will be pissed, but like it'll blow over if they go to Ottawa, dude. They will lose their goddamn minds, dude. The rivalry is back, you know, because everyone says like there hasn't been a rivalry for so many years because the Senators haven't been competitive, like they were in Spezza and and Alfredson heyday, right? Oh, how awesome would it be? How awesome would it be? Honestly, I, now I'm like torn. I'm 50-50 whether I want it to be Ottawa or Pittsburgh. Well, and, and you know what the best part about it is they're going to have another thorn in their side and another Kachuk. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. That is I the cannot guy. wait to see Brady in the playoffs, that, that, man. That was the joke I, I made, too. Not, not joke, but like, obviously it won't happen. But I, my pushback with Z when he said Marner was that... Like, how do you move a contract that big? Like, who's ready to do that unless we're talking a Florida-Calgary trade, which everyone was, like, brain broken from that. What if you trade Marner for Kachuk? For Brady Kachuk, that is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Matthew's not going anywhere. (laughs) Interesting conversation. Obviously, he's the the captain. They just signed him long-term. I don't think that even gets entertained. But, like, in a vacuum, is that a fair trade? Yeah, and it's and Marner wants to stay in Ontario, so you're out of the city, out of the madness. Would they be willing to do that though? Like, again, just like we talked about with Dubis and Spencer going yeah. there. Let's say that that doesn't happen. Still, putting Marner right there next door, that could really. Given how Shanahan is, I'm gonna say no. That but hey, if the return like is good enough, fucking move. <laughs> if the return is good enough, you you take the you know you take your emotions out of it, right? Yeah. Wow. This is a fun podcast. I, dude, I need, I'm, I'm I need loving all this Leafs talk. Though. I will do my, my goal for Pittsburgh. Take this year's first round pick. Hey, if you got to throw Owen Pickering in, whatever, throw whatever you need to, to get me one of these three players. And there might be more. I could think on it longer, but William Nylander, Connor Hellebuck, Nikolai Ehlers. If I get one of those three to Pittsburgh this summer, I will lose my fucking shit. It'll not, compare to Kessel being traded there, but it would probably be my second favorite move that's ever been made by that organization. Nylander would fit in so well. Well, Ehlers too. He, I feel like Ehlers can fit Ehlers in everywhere. Can but, fit anywhere. Yeah. yeah, but Nylander, I don't know. I just, I I feel like it's... Give it, me, give me Willie with Gino. Oh that's my That's what I'm thinking. Goodness. No, yeah. Electric. We'll get right back to the show in a sec, folks, but I want to take this quick break here to tell you about our friends at Waggle Golf, especially with summer just around the corner. You have to get yourself in to some amazing new Waggle products, unbelievable hats, unbelievable shirts, unbelievable shorts. Now that we're approaching summer, whether you're on the course, whether you need some attire for the office, work parties, 
Hell, backyard barbecues. Yes, you will be the best dressed person there. Go to their website, getyourwaggleon.com. And don't forget to use promo code SP10 on your way out for 10% off your order. Be sure to fill your cart up before you check out, though, because this promo code is one-time use. Again, the best damn golf tees out there. Again, I don't even hit the links, yet there's nothing I would want to wear more in the office than an amazing waggle golf tee. Getyourwaggleon.com. Promo code SP10 for 10% off your order. And don't forget to fill that card up before you check out because this promo code is a one-time use. Again, 10% off your order. SP10. Getyourwaggleon.com. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, a couple more things we want to talk about here, folks. Uh, we're going to keep talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs, obviously. Um, like, in, seriously, this was this was last minute prep for me. This this topic because I actually overlooked this. I've obviously been keeping tabs uh, <laughs> on the Leafs news a little bit more and and Arizona. But an interesting now storyline, Hoppy and Jeff Merrick said just that is is this is this a story? Rod Brindamore and Paul Maurice. We all know, you know, former uh, you know player. Coach Paul Maurice coached that team with the Carolina Hurricanes and Rob Brindamore being the captain of that team. Um, now coaching against each other. We thought that that was simply the story. Apparently there's more hobby. Well, and uh, part of this story was already largely out there that uh, back when Paul Maurice coached Brindamore in Carolina coming off of the 09 playoffs where they actually made it to the conference finals and got absolutely bludgeoned by the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'll never forget the Evgeny Malkin hat trick that ended with him coming around from the back of the net and just turning around and just roofing backhand. Oh my God. One of the best penguins goals I've ever seen. Poor Cam. Um, but uh, the following year, things went as bad as they could have. Like the team totally bottomed out. Expectations were high based on how they did the previous year. And man, they went scorched earth and it's largely been documented that Paul Maurice dogged him, like stripped the sea from Brindamore, which is so undeserved. Even if the team's bad, like I understand making moves like that, but not when you have a guy like Rod Brindamore, who's literally the perfect example on ice and off ice. The players loved him. Like it sounds like when they stripped it from him and gave it to stall, Brindamore was still with him there the whole time, like helping him along, making sure that he was comfortable and grooming him into being the captain. Cause by all accounts, Eric Stahl did not want that yet. But you also don't say no. Like, you can't yeah. say no to being the captain, right? Like, what What would that say? So Luongo is a goalie captain, yeah. folks. You don't, so, he did not want that. <laughs> yeah. So that's been largely discussed. And like, Brandon Moore was asked about it before the season, the series started and basically said, like, hey, I learned a lot about how not to treat players. Like, it was a good experience. And like, he even said, I, I can't like blame Maurice for it, right? Because, you know, he was doing what he thought he needed to do to make the team better. And I, I can't be the one to question that. Then we have Aaron Ward come on with uh, Jeff Merrick. And apparently that was not a Paul Maurice decision. Apparently the man so revered by Carolina, by Pittsburgh, not so much thus far with uh, the Vancouver Canucks, but the current man at the helm for Isha GM Jim Rutherford. And you can tell me he's not the GM. He's the I thought you were gonna GM. say Patrick Alvin. No, 
Jim Rutherford made that decision and he did it pretty publicly in front of the team. And it did not sit well with a lot of the players. And immediately after he like walks them through that. And then he jumps off because they're moving on to their next radio segment. Marchese's like, is this like, did that, he just break big news. Like, is that a bombshell that we just heard casually explained to us? And Merrick's just like, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, probably more to come from that, but uh, I don't know. Just funny. Had to get into that because of uh, obviously your affiliation with him now. Yeah. I mean, I hope he's nearing the end of his you know career. He's definitely up there in age and I don't know his last little run with Pittsburgh. And now with the Canucks, it's just, uh, he's not really adding much fans should thank him by the way, thoroughly thank him well sorry only half the wild fans because half are fucking morons um and the half that are morons are the ones that are saying that bill Guerin should already be fired but rutherford is the only reason that bill Guerin is the gm of the minnesota wild because rutherford literally waited an extra couple of months before making his decision to retire if he makes that decision before minnesota wild hire bill Guerin is absolutely the gm of the pittsburgh penguins yeah. They are absolutely in a better place than they are today. And who knows, maybe they have another couple kicks of the can to try and get Sid and Gino another cup. But uh, here we sit and everyone still sits and complains and says, oh, why can't we figure this out? Oh, wow. The Minnesota's cursed. Oh, we talk about all these great draft picks. None have panned out. Garen has had three fucking draft classes. Three. That's it. Do you know how long it takes for prospects to develop? Well, Unless you're picking a top like three, top five at best. Just going to say that. They just are not coming that first year. Yeah. Maybe they're coming the second year. And guess what? Our guy that we got at nine, Marco Rossi, missed a key developmental year from myocarditis. Almost fucking like he thought he almost was going to Took a total year off. Came back and everyone's freaking out that he hasn't panned out yet. Like, please shut the fuck up. I just cannot deal with it. If you want to be like bummed that he hasn't popped yet, like I get it. Like I'm bummed too. I want to see it happen. But to say that he's a bust at this point is insane. It's yeah. so dumb. I, I can't understand someone that is going to make that designation now. Could he end up being a bust? Sure. That is not decided. I'm not sitting here telling you that he is for sure going to make it in the NHL. But to decidedly say that he is a bust at this point of his career is asinine though agreed totally agree it's 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 crazy man it's absolutely insane i, I just can't deal with it so the fact yes. that no but also the, the 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 fact that like the wild for the ups and downs for maybe the lack of scoring for all the the negatives that you know surround twitter every game day the minnesota wild were at the top of their division predominantly the entire season they have an immense handicap in that they don't have the money to spend like other teams they you know like with, with he did that to himself Isha. a much needed thing but the fact you're at the top of your division and just that alone that you can't spend and build your team at, at the same you know you know playing field at that point than everybody else like you should be proud that the team is even 
entertaining, getting butts in seats, giving us a little bit of hope at this stage when it could be way worse. They could have stripped it down and just been like, we know we're going to be bad here. We're just going to focus on bringing in, you know, this guy in here, this guy in there. Instead, they're like, no, no, we're build, we're rebuilding culture. We have Capriz off here. We're going to try to win with what we got. But shoot, once this, once this, uh, you know, crux is lifted, we can go all in. Like, I just don't well, get why there's so much negativity around a team that was at the top of the uh, division. Because everyone has to be, I, I understand negativity, especially when you go out the way you did. Like we've vented our frustrations about it. I'm not saying that they're without criticism, right? Bill Guerin is not a perfect GM. Fine. But, but to say that you want to take out the GM because of like, that, it's like, Jesus Christ. And he hasn't even stamped this team yet fully. You know what I mean? Like he, he's, he's just starting to, well, and, his and vision is just starting to pan out. The beauty is, Regardless, if you fire Bill Guerin today, you're still dealing with the buyout. Exactly. We got two years. We have our end date. The first year after those buyouts are lifted, that's going to be a key year for Bill Guerin. If they don't make the playoffs, if they lose in the first round, that could be the time where people start freaking out and I can't argue against it. No, right? Like we'll be just as critical. We'll have time. The prospects that he's drafted will have developed by then if they're going to make it right? The top tier ones that is exactly like by then you could see justifiably. You could see Liam Ugrin. You could see Murat Huznadinov. You could see Danila Yurov. All of that could come together. Marco Rossi. We're going to know more. We're going to know about yes. Yes. Bavostet. Like there is going to be a lot more from the full picture. What's he do now that that money's been lifted? What's he do with these prospects? How does he shape the team and make sure that when we come out of this on the other side, we're ready to fucking kill people. Yeah. Right. So everyone like be mad. You can certainly criticize moves that are being made by all means, but to say that he is a bad GM because of where we're at offense. Yeah. is just insane to me right now. I, I can't understand it. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm good to move past that. I just had to vent for a second. <laughs> You're talking to a guy, Hoppy. Who I was wish in... that he was the Pittsburgh GM. I wish. <laughs> I Hoppy, wish. You're talking to a guy who was in Jim Benning's corner until the very end. So, like, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna keep hoping that the vision comes through until until there's no hope at all. And I go, okay, yeah. <laughs> that is it. I'm going scorched earth on you, Fair. fucking Jim Benning. Um, but, uh, I guess we got two things left. Um, I'll I'll save the one for you. But let, let's talk about just some of the best storylines that we could be looking forward to in the Stanley cup finals. I mean, the one that stands out to me right away and I, I will apologize right away. Uh, good friend of the show, Joey Neto, you will not enjoy this one. So if you happen to be listening while you're out on one of your hikes, just, and just skip Etons, the next 30 just, seconds, uh, or so. mute, pull your headphones out, whatever. God damn. Would it be a thing if Jack Eichel played against Sam Reinhardt for the Stanley cup final? Oh what my a cool God. story. That would be, I mean, you feel great for both of them. They're best friends too. Like it's crazy. That's what I love. And I'm glad you brought that up because like they never were at odds. They always like, they wanted success there. Right. I kind of wonder if like, depending on what happens with Florida, right. Cause he's shown he's played really well in these playoffs. Whenever his contract is up, if they can't give him the right money, if they can't fit him in, cause I, I feel like he wants to stay with what they've done this year. Right. Like that seems like a pretty fun place to be, but is he a guy that finds a way to get over to Vegas and play with Eichel again? Like that could be really interesting. But so for me, that, that could be a fun storyline. Any from you. So the two right off the top of my head was from a wild perspective, Dallas winning 
I think would would honestly be a good storyline because then we can argue the rest of the summer and we can, you know, hold our hats on, you know, we lost to the Stanley cup winning team. You know, we lost to the best team and we had some good glimpses in there. So I think you can actually turn that narrative into a positive for us. So I think from a wild perspective, that that's a good storyline. You have every listener screaming right now, no, they hate on, me. whether they're in their car on their way to work, if they're doing a workout, if they're at lunch, they they don't need that reassurance as much as they need Ryan Suter to not win a Stanley Cup. Ah. <laughs> and of course, there's still people who weren't even alive when the North Stars were here that oh, hate God. the Dallas Stars because they left. I, I can't understand it. The owner is no longer the owner. None of the players at all exist still in that organization. In fact, the best player is now with the Minnesota Wild in Mike Madonna. Like, Let's move on and like it'd be like Calgary if, if, hating if, Winnipeg. If you were, if you're an older part of our audience and you had to deal with that heartbreak, fine, you can be pissed forever. I won't begrudge you at all. But there's people who either were two years old when they left or like weren't even born yet that freak out and get mad that the stars were stolen. I just can't understand it. Like you're just complaining to complain and you. I, I won't say anymore. I have choice words. I'm just trying to think of other examples. Like, dude, Flames fans hate Winnipeg or after now because they were Atlanta. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's craziness. It's craziness. Wait, what's Winnipeg have to do with what? Anyways. Um, That's bizarre. Okay. We're moving past that. Um, Okay. Uh, what's your other one? Oh, so and uh, Vegas and Florida in the Stanley cup finals. You're, we're guaranteed to see a team win. A Stanley Cup, a new team win a Stanley Cup for oh, the first sure, time. Yeah. So I like that one. I like that one as well. As much as I don't want Vegas to win, because yeah. um, you know I'm one of those. I'm one of those people who are like, you haven't served your time yet. You know, you you haven't had enough pain. Your yeah. fan base hasn't had enough pain yet to to deserve a cup. I know that's a silly argument, folks. I, I I understand, but I do think it's cool that we have two new teams who are both competing for the Stanley Cup, um, who've never won it before, and uh, both have you know both have been there. Well, they've been in the finals, so it, it, it would be a cool storyline because it's not like completely new to both of them, but uh, well, it's it's been a while since the Florida Panthers have been there, but uh, no, that I think that's a cool storyline. I'm going to bolt two of my storylines onto that then because going along with that Florida-Vegas matchup, I have two good ones. Uh, one, just looking at two of the best defensive forwards in hockey in Barkov, and stone going head to head as part of that series. And again, someone getting their first Stanley cup ever, but the one that's more interesting for me for Vegas versus Florida, which again, new GM. So it's not as much to rub it in his face, but goddamn, seeing Marcia. So and Smith play against Florida. Oh, that's, that's going to fucking sting. If they yep. play a big role in winning because yeah. that, to this day, Wild fans can be as mad as they want about losing Tuck. There's a lot of teams that are probably bummed by the players they've lost in both expansion drafts. None are as boldly and blatantly <laughs> stupid as giving up Smith to entice them to take Marcia. So, and this is not revisionist history. When it happened, I shit myself. That made no sense to me. I thought so highly of Marcia. So that was the easiest stealth pick in my fantasy draft that coming year, knowing that he was going to just torch. No one knew that William Carlson was going to do what he did. That was a fun surprise for them. But that line has been the identity of that team through and through. Like they're really the, the, the staying power there. Like they're among very few that have lasted 
yeah and stayed there it's basically them and theodore and McNabb are the only ones i can think of off the top is there Which is crazy else? such but a revolving they, they've, door they've disrespected so many players that were like lifeblood of the team guys getting rid of schmidt like he signed there and like he was the pulse guy in the locker room he was very much like the matt dumba here but i would even argue maybe even more so then you've got mark andre fleury who literally was the face of that franchise and did so many great things for the team for the community they dogged him so fucking hard when they decided to ship him off to chicago without even fucking telling him he saw it in the news that's how he learned that is so fucked up regardless uh, even if it's not a respected player like that how the fuck do you do that yeah that's, that's so crazy. messed up so that's like seeing you've been fired on linkedin I, and guess what? <laughs> I weirdly on the other side of the coin respect it like they literally are are heartless they're gutless they're gonna do what it takes to win if they end up winning no one can argue with their process right but it, it is really weird to treat people that way Pretty i have no problem through. with trading players be respectful in how you approach it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, hey, at least they're more respectful with their coach firings compared yeah. to the Florida Panthers. <laughs> I mean, barely. Not really. <laughs> I don't know. Well, at least they didn't leave the guy to get his own Uber. <laughs> no, but they literally treated the exact same guy like shit and replaced him with the coach that beat him. <laughs> like that like went said, pretty... <laughs> better, better, better treatment. Not no, good better, treatment. Better, better treatment. in that they didn't make him pay for his Uber, but way worse mentally. That it's like, yeah, you're out. Oh, by the I way, we're going to Pete DeBoer. <laughs> I feel so bad for Galan, by the way, because like I feel like he's, he's maybe he has a shelf life. Don't get me wrong. I'm not in there. You know, I've never met the guy, but he seems like such a fucking just hard worker. You know what I mean? He's just bouncing. At least, at least like everyone wants him when he's fired from one place. Like, Another team will pick him up, but he's bounced oh, he'll, around. So he'll be the Columbus hire for sure. Oh, yes. Um, so the other one for me, then I got two that come from the same matchup. If we get the Dallas Stars against the Carolina Hurricanes, we have first Burns versus Suter. So the Wild fans will so aggressively cheer for Burns over yep. Suter. It, it's not even funny, but just interesting to look at two guys that are among the best defensemen that have been a part of the wild organization, both going for the cup. Um, but the other one for me, that's really interesting. And I'm probably missing someone that's obvious, but in my mind, the two best finished centers in the NHL would be going head to head in Rupe Hintz and Sebastian Ajo. Anyone that yeah. comes to mind right away that I'm like totally missing besides Miko Koivu. Yeah, of course, besides Nico Kovi. Um No, I mean Oh, Mikhail Grandland. Fuck. Oh uh, yes. Yes. No, that that's a good one. That's a good one. So that that'd just be an interesting yeah. thing too. Um it, regardless, that however the finals play out now, it's gonna be fun. You know, like I, I don't think a team's gonna completely maul. I mean, maybe maybe Florida does because who the oh, fuck and, does. And you got Burns against Pavelski in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Which totally. It's also cool. kind of funny too because DeBoer really fucking wanted Burns. He really did. And I think Dallas like tried, but mm. man, the fact that he went to Carolina for nothing is just Dude, insane. Every coach wow. loves him. Like you, you've heard the way DeBoer. Uh, well, obviously DeBoer and um, uh, 
Rowdy the body. Brindamore. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other past coaches. I just feel like every coach has had nothing but amazing things to say about Burns. Despite even, you know, his heyday sacrificing his defense a little to get those offensive. I mean, he's a mutant, <laughs> but... Um, no, but the way that uh, Brindamore even recently talked about him saying that, like, man, like, I wish I was able to coach this guy when he was younger, but he, because he's, like, still, like, a sponge. He's still learning, and he's, like, it's he, so he has, like, the mentality of, like, the younger guys out there, and he's always, like, First on the ice, last one on the ice. Like he's just, he's always fine tuning his craft. Even at, he's 38 now, if I'm not mistaken. Like I can't believe it. 37, 38. Yeah. That's crazy, man. And he's not done. Like he, no, he no. wants to play a couple of years. He's, he's a guy that could have gotten some cons, or sorry, some heart nomination thoughts. Or no, not even that, Norris. I'm all over the fucking place. <laughs> I'm trying to watch the hockey game. <laughs> well, we'll wrap up. Yeah, soon up 2 1, by the way. We'll wrap up soon here. There's just one last thing that I wanted to highlight, and this comes to no surprise, but I just, I, I love this player. I love that now we can all crown him the superstar that he is, and that is Matthew Kachuk, man. Look, on the West, in the Western Conference, mo most of the games that I followed the last few years, other than, you know, Minnesota Wild, which they are on the Western Conference, but mostly just West uh, Pacific Division teams and things like that. I, I very much watch a lot of the Flames, and he was such a standout player. And I feel like Johnny Goudreau was like the main guy that everyone talked about coming out of the flames, the flashy score, the offensive just flair. And other than, you know, when Matthew Kachuk would do a rap move or get into tussles with Zach Cassian with the Edmonton Oilers, like a few years ago, like everyone respected him. They talked about him as an, an amazing player, but Johnny Goudreau was the star of the show. Well, last year, Matthew Kachuk came out hundred point sees hundred plus point season just like johnny goudreau that line like was incredible um and we saw a little bit more of the edge and his offensive game kind of just in a full package rather than going you know some games more offensive some more of an edge what's up i just want to interject quick that most people when all the shit went down in calgary and like everyone was leaving obviously people were pretty firm that kachuk was a passenger that like he was only good because he was part of that line so just yeah. needed to have that in there for context that so many people like this isn't obvious. No one knew this was coming. Exactly. And that's why I posed the question to Tim when I had him on the show last week. And I was like, did like, has, has Matthew Kuchuk leveled up? Has he always been like this? And he said, honestly, ask most Flames fans. And he's always been like this. It's just that he was kind of in Goudreau's shadow, uh, so to speak. And now that this is like his team. You know what I mean? Like he, he is becoming the face. He is driving the play. He is, he, he's the guy I'm sure in the locker room. He's a raw, raw guy right now. I love how in his overtime wins in Carolina, he just beelines it off the ice, just like his dad used to do. Although his dad was getting a charter plane to Vegas after the game to go party with Ronick and the boys, but still, it's still like, I'm, I'm sure that was, a, I'm sure it was a little bit of an ode to his dad as well as get the fuck out of here. I, I, he's such an incredible star and not, and he's winning the games. That's what I mean. Like, I mean, credit to Reinhardt. He had a sick overtime goal in, uh, fuck, what's was it the first series of the second series? I forget now. But he, Matthew Chuck has been the OT king in these playoffs, folks. And just a couple stats, I mean, on, on OT. Back-to-back -back OT wins and goals for the Florida Panthers. And the goals by Kachuk. This, that was the sixth longest game in NHL history, by the way. Game one, we went to four OT. Uh, the last... Uh, or the longest game was actually back in 1936. 
um, where 116 minutes of overtime hockey were played. The last time the Florida Panthers had a deep overtime game was back in 1996. Um, that was so that would be now their second longest game, where they played 104 minutes of overtime. Uh, in game four against the Avs in the Stanley Cup finals. So a little bit of history there. But uh, I mean, Matthew Kuchuk, what, what more can we say? He he is the perfect hockey player. He brings edge. He brings grit. The old school fans can love him because the penalty minutes are there. He scores the big goals. I mean, what, what else is there to say? He he is uh, the full package. All right. Where's he from? Um, Calgary? <laughs> Okay, he's an unbelievable American player. I said it. I I honestly cannot wait to see him and Brady knock on wood someday in Olympic hockey for Team USA because them on the yeah. same line. You, well, no, because you just want there to be Olympics, period, and that means well, that Canada too. But I mean that that line, whether you, as long as they're not playing Canada, I won't be rooting for them. But fuck, man, that that will be a fun uh, fucking K- line. Kachuk, Matthews, Kachuk. Well, I was gonna say. Oh, I was gonna say. Uh, just to rub it in the flames fans i mean you, you put you put goudreau in the middle of both of them don't you <laughs> yes on a team that's gonna have like seven centers we're gonna have a wing play center no but just 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 put him in there okay, he'll sure. be able let's, to set him up let's, he'll be able let's to do him. that yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> holy brady shit. you're playing um, brady you're playing center now <laughs> dude, what's even crazier though z keeps posting about it is like you talk about the penalty minutes for kachuk sam bennett is a psycho and oh my god, like he's he's already up to just short of like 50 penalty minutes, I think, in the playoffs. And he's probably missed a lot of them too. Another so. guy that Tim said that he though was disappointed that he never became, you know, that top player that they thought they that they thought they were getting when they drafted him so high. He he brought everything that he was that he's brought to Florida to the Calgary Flames but again the expectations were so much more that they didn't want him to be that role. I don't fully agree with that. Well, I he obviously I he, he blossomed a change of scenery. He blossomed more, don't get me wrong, but he put it this way. He this is how Tim explained it to me anyways. He would bring that edge cuz that is his game and the Flames didn't want him to do that, right? They wanted him to be that that star player and so they wanted him to be the fourth overall pick, yeah. But then in the playoffs when he there were there when he was young and he was there were flashes of him both offensively and on the on the physical side where it was just like yeah this guy sure he's gonna find a home like he's not gonna be a a, a bust as far as not playing nhl hockey anymore and totally. how many penalty minutes does he have right now 48 penalty minutes holy shit yeah he's, he's i don't know Asia, if he didn't figure it out in his first 21 nhl games shouldn't he be a bust oh, i love how you brought that full circle that was awesome <laughs> Yes, yeah, Tony. With that being said, that's it for the Anyways. show. Signing uh, off. I mean, Tony is said the state of hockey. This has been the Soda Pod out. presented by Better Edge, Seventh <laughs> right. Avenue Pizza, that, North Wing Vodka, thing and Waggle Golf. With him on. He is a okay, Rossi supporter. Okay, my apologies, don't Tony. Don't fear. Just drink some. <laughs> There's beer some wilderness and articles. Stay wild. I didn't know who wrote them or not, but oh, I'm sure he canned whoever wrote them. So. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Well, then in that case, bless you, Tony. Bless you. Um, that's it for us today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in on Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts from. Again, we post daily clips on YouTube, so please go subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Soda Pod. We really appreciate it. And uh, follow our new Twitter account, folks, Soda Pod. Drop the the. Okay, no, no. <laughs> Drop the the. Drop the the. <laughs> Drop the the. Oh, my God. Wait, we got to clip that. We got to get that from, from Justin Timberlake. <laughs>
<laughs> oh man well another exciting week ahead of us of hockey ladies and gentlemen there will be hopefully a wednesday episode dropping i'm looking to connect with uh, a good friend of mine who runs a seattle kraken youtube channel sasquatch hockey go check it out it's a really really cool it's 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 kind of all nhl but when you know kind of framed through a kraken perspective but so much cool content in like ranking the best uh, retro hockey games, live streams after every cracking game and now every playoff game. Really cool host, really cool YouTube channel, Sasquatch NHL. We're working on uh, connecting early this week and, uh, you know, we're looking to drop an episode Wednesday with him. Yeah, with that being said, that's it for the show. Signing off, I'm Isha Jerome alongside the State of Hoppy. This has been the Soda Pod presented by Better Edge, 7th Avenue Pizza, Northland Vodka, and Waggle Golf. We good, man? Good. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.